You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, Pastor Van Moody explores the difference between marriage and cohabitation, not only in the Bible, but also in today's society. We'll see that these two lifestyles have very different results. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Marriage is like a Rolex. It does require a considerable investment, but just like a Rolex, every day it appreciates. Every day, every moment, every year, it it goes up in value, gets better and better and better. But cohabitation, on the other hand, living together, it's like a cheap imitation. Looks like marriage, kind of acts like marriage, but it's, it's not the same thing. So I want to I give you a definition for cohabitation because I realize that based on your background, you may call it something different. My grandmother used to call it shacking. You know, it's all kinds of names for it. So let me, let me give you a definition um, of what I mean when we talk about cohabitation. Get this definition in your notes. Sharing a living space and sexual intimacy without being married. That's how we define cohabitation. When you are sharing a living space and sexual intimacy, and you are not married, you are shacking, cohabitating, when you're sharing a living space and sexual intimacy without being married. This subject is probably more important now than ever, at least in our lifetime, because now 65% of marriages start out with couples cohabitating. Whereas 50 years ago, only 10% of marriages started out that way. And it gets even worse when you look at the breakdown as it relates to generations. There's a chart that they're gonna put up that, that will show you who thinks cohabitation is a good idea by age and by ideology. So let's start, let's start with the elders. So, so the elder generation, only 36% of the elder generation thought cohabitation was a good idea. This is the Bonner Research Group put this information out in April of 2016. Look at the boomers. 63% of boomers feel like cohabitation is a good idea. Gen Xers, that's my generation, 69% of Gen Xers believe that cohabitation is a good idea. Here's the one that really hurts, millennials. 72% of millennials, 7 out of 10, 72% of millennials think that cohabitation is a good idea. If you're a liberal, that number goes up, 86%. Conservative, only 37%. I want you to see that this notion of cohabitating, which we know by virtue of our faith, is, is not honorable to God, is on the rise. Now, now let's break this down. And look at it from the 1960s. This, this, this other chart that the Pew Research Center and the U.S. Census Bureau put out that shows you the number of cohabitating unmarried adult couples of the opposite sex by year in the U.S. Those numbers on the right are in thousands. So in the 1960s, get this, less than 1.2 million people were cohabitating. It starts going up a little bit around 1968. I don't know what happened around the year 2000. I don't know if it was like, you know, uh, I don't know if people thought like Prince, the party was going to end in 1999 or what. I, I don't really know. 
But, but something happened around the year 2000, and notice there's a swift incline. So now by the time you get to 2016, over 8.6 million couples in America are cohabitating. They're not married, but they're living together. Now, you got to ask the question, well, why, why do people do this? And, you know, there are a few outliers. People say we're trying to save money. But the overwhelming response, and I, I mean, I did tons and tons of research preparing for this series, preparing for this message. And the overwhelming consensus of most cohabitating couples is that they want to live together before being married because they want to try it out. We, we got to try it out. Who knows? We might not even be good together. So we want to try it out to see how it works. And that's what popular culture, that's what the world will tell you. Well, living together is natural and it's a normal way for a relationship to progress. And, and if you live together, it'll help you to test the relationship and even prepare for marriage. This is what the world will tell you. The problem is that's a myth. The truth is that way of living, listen to me, doesn't work Because statistics and research overwhelmingly reveal, listen to me, that most cohabitating couples never get married. And if they do, they have a higher divorce rate than people who get married right away. There's something that uh, psychologists and others, uh, uh, marriage therapists in particular, when they talk about the cohabitation effect, there's something called the cohabitation effect. What is the cohabitation effect? It's when... Uh, Because you decided to cohabitate, uh, by the time you end up getting married, there's a higher rate of of divorce, there's lower marital satisfaction, and even if you leave that cohabitating relationship and go to another one, in future relationships, there's more conflict, there's poor communication, get this, higher rates of infidelity and higher rates of domestic violence. That's called the cohabitation effect. The truth is, marriage cannot be tested by living together because marriage requires a full commitment. Amen. You can test drive a car. You can try on a pair of shoes. You can test some food at Sam's or Costco, but you cannot test marriage. That's not the way that God designed it. Marriage is a lifelong commitment between a man and a woman, and it requires total commitment. Without a commitment of marriage, then basically you enter into the relationship like this, with one foot in and one foot out. And when you are cohabitating and you have not made the commitment to marriage, you got one foot in and one foot out, and it's all about whether or not the person you are living with, whether or not they can meet your needs. Because it it goes like this, well, if you can make me feel loved, then maybe I'll commit to you. If you satisfy me sexually, then maybe I'll, I'll commit to you. If you treat me with respect, then maybe I'll commit to you. If you make me happy and if you fulfill my needs and do what I like, then maybe I will commit to you. But that's not what marriage is. Marriage is a commitment to serve the other, to take care of the other. Your spouse, for better, for worse, uh, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, to death do us part. Marriage is when, when you serve and take care of your spouse and they serve and take care of you and, and both of your needs are met that way, but it is not selfish. Marriage is fueled by selflessness. Cohabitation is the exact opposite. When people cohabitate, the goal is, well, I want to see if you're going to take care of me. 
And if you don't take care of me in this trial period, then we're not marriage material. So when people say, well, we're testing out whether we can be married. No, you're not. All you're testing is whether or not this person will fulfill your needs. The role of marriage is reversed. You go in with the understanding that I am going to serve the other. And in serving them, when they adopt that same attitude, our needs will be met. But I don't go in saying it's all about me. I go in saying it's about you and how I can serve you. And your spouse, in turn, does the exact opposite. They, they say, well, it's not about me. It's about me serving you. And that's the way that marriage works. Cohabitation is the exact opposite. If you don't make me feel good, if you get on my nerves, I'm out. And even the kingdom of God doesn't operate that way. The kingdom of God doesn't operate the, wor- the way the world operates. The kingdom of God operates by virtue of, of for an example, a principle called sowing and reaping. Meaning, if you, there are no investments, if there are no deposits, you cannot expect there to be withdrawals. When you go into a relationship saying, what's well, about, it's about how you make me feel, and it's about whether or not you take care of my needs, you are making withdrawals, but there have not been deposits. Jesus says it this way. He says in John 12 and 24, he says, Verily I I tell you that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Meaning, if the investment is made, if you deposit full commitment into this marriage and you work with the mindset that I have to serve the other, then there's going to be a return. There's going to be a harvest. But if you go in selfish thinking and selfish acting... There will be no return. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.